Hello and welcome to another Off the Crossbar podcast with Regan Walsh and Brad Morris, in which we discuss everything that's happening in football. But before we get into that, if you like what you're hearing, like and subscribe to us on Apple, Spotify, Acast or wherever you are listening to us, with weekly podcasts released on Mondays and Fridays. But as I said, I'm joined by Brad, and what a hectic weekend, well, what a hectic Sunday we've had in the Premier League. Are you talking about me moving up here still? Or are you talking about the football in general? <laughs> The football, actually, I was gonna say, uh, this yeah. week. I've had about enough now. <laughs> <I'm not good. laughs> Understandably so. But, yeah, absolutely hectic day in the Premier League. I mean, three games literally gave us all the talking points, let alone all the stuff that happened on Saturday. Still enough time for me to wax lyrical on a certain Jamaican hero. <laughs> yes, we all know Usain Bolt is in England at the oh, moment. That's nice. Uh, Of course, there's only one place we can start, though, at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium between Tottenham and Chelsea. Or should I say Chelsea and nobody, because Tottenham really didn't show up to this game at all, did they? No, no, no. no. I thought thought they did pretty decent in the first half. They played quite aggressive. Not not as good as... Yeah, I mean... Probably not as good as the Villa team last week, but... Yeah, they did show something. Whereas the second half, I debate whether they even came out of the dressing room. Yeah, I mean, like my main problem with this Spurs squad in this game <coughs> was Harry Kane. Like I know the pundit said it after the game, but his positioning for this whole ninety minutes was dreadful. It's almost like he doesn't want to be there. Mm. Well, oh, you know, like, if people want the proper analysis. Go listen to Roy Keane and Michael Richards deal with it. <laughs> because, yeah, Roy Keane yeah. ends him. Definitely so. I mean, for someone who is your top goal scorer and can get you 30 goals across all competitions minimum, and you, pl- and you see him playing the so-called Messi role as what he was doing in Barcelona when you'd see Messi pick up the ball deep in his own half and then go on a run and like play it up two times... Kane wasn't doing that, he was just deep and wasn't getting involved in it. I mean, I feel like it took him to over an hour to have his first shot of the game. It was everything that I dislike about Harry Kane as a footballer. Just, yeah. you're a striker. 100% agree. Stay upfield, please. <laughs> like, yeah, do what you right. want for Tottenham, just please don't do it ever again for England. Yeah, it is really annoying to see. Like, Hyungmin Son might be faster than Harry Kane, but there's certain situations where it calls for Harry Kane to be the main middleman on the pitch and play the actual number nine position rather than playing the wide man. Yeah, but that's not the only concern really because now they've conceded three goals in back-to-back games. Yeah, I mean, they just got torn apart in the second half by Chelsea. That half-time substitution of bringing N'Golo Kante on for Mason Mount just flip the switch for Chelsea yeah man, there's been a bit that would say poor I guess just less a bit non-existent yeah but I think when he's in that quality of a squad with the players he's not going to have the same limelight as he had last season so it's going to be more on other players obviously the main one being Romelu Lukaku, all eyes are always going to be on him, especially with the price tag. So I think that's why 
he's kind of underperforming to what we know from Mason Mount, uh, obviously last season. But first five minutes of that second half, Tiago Silva header. I mean, easy as you like for him. Was a little bit he was unmarked from the start, and then he just runs in, <laughs> runs in. Only Deli Ali sees him. Then Eric Dyer comes in last second, trying to stop him and fails miserably. Yeah, and there's just when Deli Ali's going up against Thiago Silva, there's only ever going to be one winner in that battle. Yeah, and it was obviously the Brazilian, the 37-year-old, <laughs> mm. who had a standout game. I'd have to say he was rock solid at the back when it was needed to be, and obviously got the first goal and commanded that pitch very well. I'd have to say. Yeah, the whole Chelsea defence did pretty good. I don't think Tottenham yeah. massively threatened them, even in the first half when they were as aggressive as they were. Yeah, definitely. Um, and the fact that Chelsea were even, obviously, not wanting to change the keeper, but were able to change the keeper, obviously, because Edouard Mendy uh, was injured. They've managed to change and bring in Kepa. And to be honest, he wasn't really challenged too much. That would make you think, oh... This is going to be a bit of a worry whilst Mendy is out. Yeah, like Fort Kepa was pretty silly. Mm. Uh, Chelsea then got a further two goals in the game. One uh, ten minutes later, Angola Kante. Bit of luck with that goal because it seemed to take uh, a deflection off one of the Spurs players before going past Hugo Lloris. Um, so nothing the Frenchman, the goalkeeper that is, uh, could really do about that. Yeah, I thought it was a good shot from Kante, to be honest. <laughs> As the man who deserves a, mm. a long-range goal with him. Yes, and then, Eric Dyer uh, I mean, there's helping out, and then there's what Eric Dyer did. I mean, he's not completely to blame for that. He's very unfortunate. <laughs> yeah, uh, and then Tony Rudiger sealed the three points in uh, extra time with a goal from a Timo Werner assist. I nearly forgot who assisted him. I think you, you, goal, but, you, yeah. you were just shocked <laughs> reading his name. Well, yeah, um, so. Three points for Thomas Tuchel's side. Again, they just look so formidable. Yeah. I'll have a further question when we get to other teams. But yeah, mm-hmm. they're a very scary team. Yeah, I mean, I think I saw something not long after the game where they've now won more points and they've conceded goals and five, uh, since Tuchel took over, like away from home. And five of them, 14 goals, came against West Brom. Is that just a damning indictment of West Brom? Or <laughs> just you're praising Chelsea or insulting Albion? I'm praising Chelsea for their resilience at the back and how well they've done. I mean, one goal so far this season in the league. Yeah. Also, conceded. also the game management. Yeah. They just managed it a lot better than Spurs in this one. And. I just think, considering Spurs got off to that perfect start winning their first three games, they haven't won their next two. No. They ultimately crashed back down to earth. (laughs) Yeah, and then if you look at how they did uh, in the Europa Conference League midweek against Wren, only drawing 2 2. It's not really. Like, the first goal was luck because it was an own goal from Loic Bardet, and then they had to come back from 2 1 down to even salvage a point, so. It's not all rosy uh, for Nuno Espirito Santo at the start of his life as Tottenham manager. Yeah, they need the bounce back really next week to 
be interesting to see what they can get. They're gonna, they're not gonna have much of a better of a chance. <laughs> well, yeah, and it's gonna be one that's gonna be talked about for the whole week, as it is, of course, the North London derby next week. Elsewhere in the Premier League this past weekend, Manchester United on West Ham. My God, did this game have everything? <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> I mean, the only thing that missed it was cards from the referee because not a single player picked up a yellow card I thought the only thing missing was a Manchester United penalty because that's what two Manchester United that's what tends to happen and yeah none of them were penalties I'm saying that now the first one I'm saying no the second one I'm saying that's a penalty I forgot what the first one was which one was which Uh, the second one I can't remember the first one too much but the first uh, the second one was when Ogbonna goes through Ronaldo and he makes no contact on the ball whatsoever I mean I thought see, I thought that was so far and I think Ronaldo was completely looking for the contact in that one so no there's not a penalty yeah sorry so far when he uh, stuck his leg out I think that's a penalty no no never if, whether Ronaldo's looking for it or not he, he doesn't <laughs> touch the ball at all so for me that's, that's the a whole penalty. point of looking for contact but yeah, I think maybe one of them should have been given, but obviously it didn't matter in the end as United got three points coming from 1-0 down. West Ham did take the lead through side Ben Rama, although it was, a, again, a bit of luck, took a deflection off uh, Rafa Varane, and it went past uh, David De Gea in the goal. Not blaming De Gea that, uh, for that one at all, uh, but Wambasaka and Varane there. As defenders, you should never be turning your back no, in that position. Really. Just face the ball and let it hit you. It's not like you've got more chance of blocking it if you just stay still and not move than when you're having to turn your back. And oh, it's just so frustrating to see it happen so often in football. Not obviously just for Man United, but all across the divisions, you see it happening. Yeah, I suppose it's just the instinct. Obviously, you're taught not to yeah. do it, but you just do it sometimes, don't you? Mm. Uh, that lead lasted only for about 4 minutes, 20 seconds, if that, before Cristiano Ronaldo uh, equalised for United. Brilliant ball in from Bruno Fernandes uh, to find Ronaldo, and then uh, Fabianski couldn't hold on to Ronaldo's initial shot, and then Ronaldo had another tap-in. Literally the most spoke line this season It's going to be. Oh, it's him again. <laughs> <laughs> he is inevitable. Yeah. Then again, I might have a contender. Uh, the... I might have a different contender for that if we go to it again, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, there was some questions from the West Ham defence as to whether Ronaldo was offside, but Aaron Creswell clearly played him on side, and Darren England, I believe it was on uh, VAR, didn't need more than 30 seconds to see that he was being played off on side. Yeah, it's pretty. Uh, and then. Yeah, late in the game, former West Ham United loney turned Man United villain in midweek. He's t- returned to Man United here this weekend. At Jesse Lingard scores the winner for the Red Devils. I'm happy for Lingard, but it was just so obvious that it was going to happen the second he came on. <laughs> it was one of them like fairy tale scripts that you already knew the ending to, wasn't it? Like he 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 was just going to score. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't. The worst of goals here, pretty decent. Yeah. What, report, goal, think, what you know. are your thoughts on him not celebrating? 
I can understand it a bit because I mean the West Ham fans seem to really love him and respected him a lot while he was there the last uh, half of the season and as long as I don't have to see that stupid dancing thing or he's JL on his hands I'm fucking happy <laughs> keep scoring all you like lad but I don't want to see any of your stupid celebrations you realise that it's going to be brought out the next game <laughs> yep I do know that um, and then West so Ham well, if, right if there's, the... segue, if there's a segue I could say with someone who won't be being brought out next game <laughs> <laughs> Mark Noble 94th minute West Ham get a penalty handball from Luke Shaw again it's one of them he sticks his arm out it's always going to get given even if he's trying to reposition himself it's just going to get given with the new rules of football David Moyes decides Mark Noble you haven't done anything the whole 90 minutes you've sat behind me for 90 minutes I don't even know whether he had warmed up before. We'll bring you on as Mr. Penalty Taker. Mr. West Ham himself in his final season at West Ham United before hanging up his boots. Never missed. Never missed a penalty before that. David De Gea hadn't saved one since 2016 before that. And what goes and happens? De Gea saved it. <laughs> I mean... Uh, typical. It was just unreal scenes when that happened. I was... Oh, it was, I enjoyed that celebration so, uh, when De Gea saved well, that. Of course you did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but yeah, you got to feel for him. I mean, just, why? Like, if it was the last game of the season and, like, this was, like, the last kick like it was uh, today and this was Mark Noble's last ever game, then I could understand, yeah, let Mark Noble take the penalty if he'd been on the pitch for a bit longer. But... The fact that he had no warming up, I don't know how much prognosis he got to being able to go onto the pitch and strip down. I don't imagine it being much. It, you've just put way too much pressure on him. Even if he has had a 100% success rate beforehand. Following the Gareth Southgate tactic. And we all know how that ended for England in the summer, don't we? Yes, yes, stop reminding people. <laughs> Uh, so that win now extends it to 29 unbeaten away games for Manchester United. Their last loss back in January of 2020. Should we count the Champions Another League game. games? <laughs> no. Another game that was filled with goals and one bit of controversy uh, from Saturday's action was Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. Uh, from Anfield. Liverpool obviously ran out 3-0 winners. Sadio Mane scoring his 100th Liverpool goal, was it? Or his 100th Premier League goal? I believe it was the Premier League goal. Yeah. Um, Mo Salah scored a lovely goal. And Naby Keita, what a rocket. And he doesn't score many, but <laughs> he's one of them players then. Yeah, I did, I did see a bad joke um, about an hour before jumping on to recording. Uh, it was like... He'd been caught up in, obviously, the coup that was happening in Guinea and saw the rockets being fired, and he stuck it back to Liverpool with him. And I was like, Jesus, you just don't do them stuff. It's not on, is it? The one bit of... <laughs> no. The one bit of controversy in this game, for me, was Crystal Palace should have had a penalty. Can't do it I think it was... I don't recall seeing this. Um, I believe it was Conor Gallagher that was fouled. Uh, 
I believe it was the second half, early on in the second half, and he gets brought down by, I can't think, it might have been Costas Simikas uh, in the Liverpool defence, or Ibrahima Konate, one of them two uh, fouls him, and just nothing's given, and the commentator on Match of the Day is like, this looks like a penalty and nothing was given, but they didn't talk about it uh, afterwards in the analysis, and I was like, that looked like a stonewall penalty, and I don't know why it wasn't given. Like there's clear contact from the Liverpool player on, I believe it was Conor Gallagher at the time, uh, yet nothing was given. Well, yeah, it is the way of match today because if you lose, you don't really get talked about unless it was a top six club. Yeah, but it's just this weekend for me. There's about four or five penalty decisions that should have been given, and weren't, or there was definitely question marks around the penalties. Get the, let me get this straight. You mean to say that the referees had another bad weekend? Unfortunately so. Hmm. I'll tune in next week when we'll say the exact same thing. <laughs> yes. Uh, good win though for Liverpool. Uh, they they did move up to top of the Premier League uh, when they played on Saturday but now have dropped down to second. Good start to the season and it's definitely a good sign that They've uh, got Van Dijk back and James Milner though. Obviously Trent wasn't available for this game through injury. James Milner just ran the show comfortably on that right-hand side for Liverpool. Uh, yeah, James Milner. Just the guy will never stop running, even in his 50s. <laughs> Literally, he just absolutely ran that role perfectly and didn't give Wilfred Zahar a single sniff in the game. Kept him absolutely quiet. So someone was going to do it this season. <laughs> yes. Um, another game for me that there is uh, penalty shouts, but nothing else really happened. Manchester City versus Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the game itself, City were dreadful. Like, this is the worst City I've seen in a long time. One shot on target, and it wasn't until the night, mate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was just dreadful. But then this penalty that wasn't given for uh, a foul by Kyle Walker. Uh, how is that not a penalty? Well, it was weird because at first I kind of saw why it wasn't. Mm. And I think, I think I am in agreement that I'm not sure if it was on. I think it's a stone waller. For know, me, that's just the angles that I've seen. But Kyle Walker comes he comes across the Southampton player he then fouls him and he makes no again no contact on the ball whatsoever and I think the referee has got it right and saying right that's a penalty but then to and give a red card but then for him to go over to VAR and completely overrule it I thought they were going to say okay it's not a red card challenge but it's still a penalty just change that but the fact they completely Abolished the fact that it was a penalty at all just like completely baffled me. Baffled you, but Kyle Walker couldn't have been more happy. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't been that happy since. I'm not even going to say what I was going to say. <laughs> what was you going to say? Some people may know if if you know what I mean by saying a very happy Kyle Walker and yeah. late night parties. Yeah. Hey, at least they enjoyed lockdown. Yes. Um, the final game for me that had a penalty incident that sh again I'm a little confused by Burnley Arsenal 
So Arsenal win 1-0. A lovely free kick from Martin Odegaard. Um, the fact that he's still only 22 is baffling, though. Like, he's been around forever. Oh, yeah, because he came onto the scene at 16. <laughs> yeah. The fact he's younger than me is even more baffling. Yeah, it will still be strange. I guess people just expect him to have been up there by now. Yeah. Because he was touted as the next best player, and then, then again, he's just been overtaken by so many. So, so many. I mean, he just didn't ever cut it at Real Madrid, and then did okay on loan at Real Sociedad uh, once or twice he went there, and then he's done good at Arsenal. But yeah, um, the Burnley penalty incident, again, I think, for me, that's a foul by Ramsdale on Mate Vidra. I see, you're wrong again. He doesn't appear to touch him. I think he does initially. No, because it looks like, it just looks like he steps over him. Mm. It's Like you said, though, it's one of them where... You see it, and it's like, oh, uh, maybe it is a touchdown. You see, and then some, uh, not touchdown, what the fuck did I say touchdown for? Wrong sport. Uh, penalty, because there is a touch on him. And um, there's other times where you're like, yeah, that's not a penalty, because like you said, there isn't, and he seems to go into it. But I think Sean Dyche's side are going to be a heart done by, because Arsenal weren't really that good other than the free kick. Uh, I don't know. I think they gave a good account of themselves. Yeah, they did all right, but I'm expecting, or was expecting at least something more from them rather than just a simple 1-0 victory. But I think the worst that I heard out of that is Burnley haven't won at home since January this year. Well, it's pretty disturbing. This is also going to be one of their worst starts to a Premier League season as well. Yeah, I mean, one point from their opening five games, three goals scored, nine conceded. Not a happy time for Sean Dyche, uh, despite him signing a contract earlier on in the week, which we discussed on our last show. Uh, elsewhere in the saying, can't, They can't afford for it to go wrong then. <laughs> yes. Elsewhere in the Premier League this weekend, Brighton beat Leicester 2-1 with Danny Welbeck and Neil Morpay scoring the goals for Graham Potterside, who have had an excellent start to the season, which has surprised many. Actually taking the chances. Leicester. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Jamie Vardy had scored for Leicester the one constellation goal, though there was two decisions ruled out from VAR due to uh, offsides. Again, correct decisions there. And um, I don't think you can really complain about that. Though some Leicester fans are aggrieved about the fact that uh, they were given a penalty for... um, Brighton were given a penalty in the first half for the handball. But for me, it's a clear handball from Yannick Vestergaard and had to be given by the referee. Mm, Yeah. Should we go for the wrong phrase results? Yeah. um, Elsewhere, on Friday night, Newcastle and Leeds drew one apiece. Brentford beat Wolves 2-0. Watford beat Norwich 3-1. And the final game, Aston Villa beat Everton 3-0. Lovely stuff. I mean, what a... Leon, Leon Bailey's just going to tear the league up. <laughs> Every 20 minutes he plays. This guy could fully be the new Ole Gunnar Solskjaer. Literally. Like, he comes on 61st minutes, scores a bloody wonder goal... 
scores yeah, I know it's gone down as a Luca Denier own goal but I'm classing that as his goal from the corner gets injured and then goes off after getting booked after celebrating his, uh, his goal as well is this is the win. greatest cameo in Premier League history <laughs> and also gets him another match as well yeah that one idea I completely disagreed with <laughs> <laughs> but yeah what an absolute crazy game for Leon Bailey um Everton, though, had to deal with some injuries. Obviously, Pickford, Richarlison, Seamus Coleman all out. Not the best of signs mm. for uh, Rafa Benitez. But credit to Villa. They handed uh, a tough game to Everton and I would say deserved the win. Absolutely. We smashed them. Yes. Right. Um, <laughs> time to have a quick roundup of the stories from around Europe this past weekend. Bayern Munich absolutely thumped VFL Bochum 7-0 with Joshua Kimmich scoring a brace, Robert Lewandowski doing what he does best and TikToks. goals from Gnabry, Sane, one own goal and Eric Tupamoting. And I did hear your TikTok joke about it. It was awful. Well, it was always it was TikToks. <laughs> <laughs> Still... Uh, RB Leipzig continued their poor start to the season, dropping points again this time against FC Cologne. Leipzig now down in 12th place after five games this season. And once again, it was the Erling Haaland show as Borussia Dortmund beat Union Berlin 4-2. I mean, have you seen his second goal? Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> that is absolutely a thing of beauty. Like this man is going to break all the records. Yeah. I think it's now 68 goals in 67 games. I thought it was 67 and 66, but I don't know. <laughs> no, even I'm losing count now. Uh, over in Spain, Atletico Madrid were held to a nil-nil draw against uh, Athletic Bilbao. And uh, the other big teams are yet to play. R- Valencia versus Real Madrid is only just kicked off at time of recording and Barcelona play on Monday evening against Granada. Over in France this week, Lille lost 1-0 to Lens. So uh, Lille aren't having the best of title defences down in 15th after six games. It's a hard start to life for their new manager. Monaco drew 2-2 with Nice and Marseille beat Rennes 2-0 and the big game between PSG and Lyon again as a time recording has just kicked off and they do have a very attacking front four of Di Maria, Messi, Neymar and Mbappe. No excuses for less than 5-0 then, lads. Yes, that is absolutely crazy. Um, And finally, over in Italy, Inter Milan beat Bologna 6-1 as they showed off their new third kit, was that, that they wore this past weekend? Yeah, I've seen it. It's it's hit and miss. Yes. Uh, not like their season as they've uh, played four, got 10 points, scored 15. Elsewhere, Roma lost for the first time under Jose Mourinho, losing 3-2 to Hellas Verona, which is uh, the shock to many after their incredible start to the season. And currently, for Roma. <laughs> yes, and currently in the big game of the weekend between Juventus and AC Milan, Juventus have taken a 1-0 lead after four minutes as Alvaro Morata scored the goal. All four they lost now. <laughs> yes. Right, so let's head over to the Predictions League. 
Um, yeah. Obviously, we just talked about the two games, PSG Leon and Juve versus Milan. They haven't finished, so we will talk about them two games on our Thursday. But uh, elsewhere, uh, Newcastle versus Leeds, we both got wrong as we predicted a Leeds win, although it ended in a one-all draw. Burnley versus Arsenal, I get three points for predicting 1-0 to Arsenal, and Brad gets one point for also predicting an Arsenal win. Uh, Tottenham-Chelsea, we both get one point for predicting that Chelsea would win. However, if Spurs had scored that one goal, I would have had a perfect result again. And... Atletico Madrid versus Athletic Bilbao, we both got wrong as it ended in a 0-0 draw. And because of the fantasy team points that we do, I get an extra point as I'm beating Brad. So it's all changed this weekend as I'm now ahead on 18 points whilst you're on 16. Yeah, can't say all changes for the better. But... <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, before we go though, uh, I just want to mention the England women who... Uh, played on Friday evening uh, their first game under Serena Wiegmann and they won 8-0 against North Macedonia in their opening qualifying match for the 2023 World Cup um, absolutely incredible performance should have had more goals I think they could have easily been 8-0 up at half time, I think they said they had 46 chances in the end it, so, it's, it's alright because in a couple of weeks you might be able to see them do that well, yes. Uh, so, if you go check out our other channel at Women's Football Talk, you'll be able to see some good content coming uh, surrounding that uh, game in a month's time, or just over a month's time, against Northern Ireland. Right? Any more talking points that I may have missed this week? Not that I can think of now. Right. Uh, I need a we'll sleep. Be back. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be back in our usual Thursday slot to preview the weekend's action and look back on the talking points of the week. And before we go, we send our deepest thoughts and condolences to the family of former Tottenham, West Ham and Chelsea striker Jimmy Greaves, who passed away on Sunday morning at the age of 81. And until Thursdays, goodbye from Brad. See you. And it's goodbye from me. We'll see you soon.